Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Wednesday the 13th of November. Coming up, man jailed for murder after stabbing at Caravan Park. The judge here today described him as a violent, ruthless, dangerous individual. And the sentence reflects the fact that he needs to be off the street for the rest of his life. More people than ever before relying on food banks. We're seeing lots of people who can't not only afford food, but shelter, heating, lighting, uh, suitable clothing and shoes. So this is a really serious problem. And recovering alcoholic speaks out as part of Awareness Week. My um, friends and family, you know, they would tell me that I've got an issue, but, um, you know, it was only when I decided that I I wanted to do something about my drinking that I did. Kent Online News. A man starting a life sentence in prison today for murdering a man at a caravan park near Faversham. The 30-year-old victim was stabbed to death at the site in Dunkirk earlier this year. A jury found 48-year-old Dimitri Palazu, who lived on the same site, guilty of murder. He's been told he'll spend a minimum of 30 years behind bars. We spoke to Detective Chief Inspector Ivan Beasley from Kent Police outside Maidstone Crown Court after the sentencing. Back in April of this year, uh, there was a community living on a caravan park in the Dunkirk area near Canterbury. These were people that uh, lived in Kent, worked in Kent, some temporarily, some, some long term. It was a base for them. Uh, But one evening in April, uh, an argument broke out. Our victim had an argument with others on that uh, caravan park, um, and they were dealing with that. Um, Our offender in this case, Palazu, was not involved in the dispute that was going on. But he decided very early on that he would get involved. He decided that he would pick up a knife He decided from the outset, from comments that he made, that he was going to get involved and that he was going to injure and he was going to cut, were his words, our victim, Mr Constantinescu. So we were able to capture quite a lot of what went on in those early part of the incident because we have CCTV footage and others on the site were filming on their mobile phones the argument that was happening. Palazu made the decision to intervene He made a decision that he was going to stab our victim and he intended to kill him. This was a uh, a ruthless and brutal attack on our victim. The offender had no reason to get involved in the argument that was going on, but he put himself there, uh, he'd armed himself beforehand with a knife and the injury that he caused our victim um, was a significant stab injury. It wasn't something that was uh, an accidental injury, it was a significant Uh, and calculated injury that our offender, Mr Palazzo, knew would cause death to our victim. This was a significant verdict. Um, When you look at the, although he will serve a life sentence because he's been convicted of murder, Mr Palazzo has to serve a minimum term of 30 years. That is a long time. And that actually reflects not only the seriousness of what's happened in this incident, but the danger that this man poses to anybody else. He has a significant violent history. The judge here today described him as a violent, ruthless, dangerous individual. And the sentence that he has received today reflects uh, the fact that he needs to be off the street for the rest of his life. Um, We are very pleased with the sentence that's been given today. 
not only because it's a success and we have got justice for Mr Constantinescu, but it's just showing the family back in Romania and other family members here in the UK of our victim that they have some element of closure, they have some element that justice has been done for them too. Kent Online reports. With less than a month until we vote in the general election, Labour's chances of retaining their only seat in Kent have had a boost after the Lib Dem candidate announced he was stepping down. Tim Walker's gone against the party's rules by deciding not to go up against Rosie Duffield in Canterbury. He's been praised by Remain supporters and it's understood four other Liberal Democrats have refused to stand in his place, with a source saying stopping Brexit is the main priority. A man's gone on trial accused of stabbing a nightclub boss in the stomach in Hearn Bay. Carl Ahmad spent six days in hospital after being injured outside Vivid on the High Street in the early hours of the morning in July 2017. 44-year-old Anthony Ridge from Charles Street in the town denies wounding with intent and claims he was acting in self-defence. A charity warning more people in Kent than ever before are being forced to go to food banks. The Trussell Trust has had its busiest half-year period in the run-up to September. More than 12,300 emergency food parcels were handed out in the county, compared to just over 9,000 in the same six months last year. That's a rise of more than a third. Gary Lemon from the charity has been telling us about the national stats and why they think numbers are going up. So in the first first six months of this year, food banks in the Trust Trust Network distributed 820,000 emergency food parcels to people in financial crisis. Um, so it's obviously on a really significant scale, but what's worse is that we saw a 23% increase on the year before. So that is the steepest rate of increase as well. We know that the majority of people who are referred to food banks are meant to be anchored from poverty by our benefit system. But what we're finding when we speak to them is that again and again, because of delays or because money coming through from the benefit system just isn't enough to make ends meet, they're having to go to, say, their local authority, get a voucher for a referral to a food bank in the Trussell Trust Network. And in modern Britain, the sixth richest country in the world, that just isn't right and it has to change. In the run-up to the general election, we're asking all political parties to pledge to ensure that people have got enough money in their own pockets to ensure that they've got, they can make ends meet, that they can put food on the table for their own children and families. Um, we're asking for three things specifically. So number one, we're asking for an end to the five-week wait for universal credit. Number two, we're asking that benefits are enough to cover the absolute minimum cost of living for people. And number three, we're asking for local authorities to have funding for crisis support that's ring-fenced so they can help people in their local areas as well. Though we think that the, the single most important move that, that the next government should take is ending the five-week week wait for universal credit, we don't think that that's the whole story. You've got other issues with the benefit system as well. So you've got the ongoing freeze to benefits, you've got things like the two-child limit. Essentially, there have been lots of measures which are brought in, which mean that um, our benefit system isn't enough for people to uh, be able to afford the absolute basics. We uh, recently put out some research last week, in fact, which found that the average household income um, per month is just over £200 for households referred to universal credit. And that's causing real destitution. So we're seeing lots of people who can't uh, not only afford food, but shelter, heating, lighting, 
uh, suitable clothing and shoes. So this is a really serious problem and it's not right in this modern country and it has to change. The Department for Work and Pensions insists they spend over £95 billion a year on welfare and have simplified the benefit system. Kent Online News. More than a dozen cars have been damaged after being fired at with catapults in Ashford. Drivers were targeted near Mock Lane a couple of weeks ago and some vehicles were left with smashed windows, dents and broken number plates. Police used a drone to try and identify the suspects but couldn't find whoever was responsible. A Kent landlord's been given a curfew and told to wear a tag on his ankle after being found guilty of racially abusing a traffic warden. Fergus Wilson won't be allowed out between seven at night and seven in the morning for three months. He's also got to pay £1,000 in compensation. The 71-year-old from Bolton Chelsea was taken to court after confronting the woman in April last year as she gave him a parking ticket. As we mark Alcohol Awareness Week, a Kent man's told us there are still many misconceptions around what being an alcoholic is really like. Mark from Strood started going to Alcoholics Anonymous in 2009 after realising he had a problem. We've been chatting to him to hear more about his experience. Alcohol is such um, an accepted part of our culture and you know daily lifestyle and you know there's millions of people up and down the country or all over the world that use alcohol responsibly um you know we use it as a social social lubricant really you know it helps us get on a little bit more helps us relax after a hard day at work but you know statistically speaking you know there's also you know for every percentage of any population there's people that tend to um struggle not drinking you know it's um it's quite a a difficult subject to broach sometimes you know because for a lot of us you know me included you know when I first started drinking it was it was fun it was exciting you know it allowed me to do things that I wouldn't normally be able to do or have the courage to do um, and the other thing is my friends were all doing exactly the same thing you know grew up in um, um, you know a well-run household and you know, there was no alcoholism in my family as far as I know but um you know, at some point in my drinking career, for want of a better word, um, I struggled to be able to stop on my own. Um, and I was using it for more than just, um, you know, in social circumstances. You know, I was using it to change the way I felt for the better. Um, and I didn't really know, you know, I didn't notice or even realise that I had an issue with drink until I tried to stop. Um, and then when it became apparent that I couldn't stop on my own, I tried um, lots of different, um, you know, sort of counselling and I've tried um, controlling it for myself. You know, I, I think I thought that, um, you know, drinking was a, uh, like a moral issue. You know, if I applied my willpower enough, I would be able to control it and stop myself. But um, it was just too difficult to stop on my own. You know, um, I felt so much better being drunk than being sober. You know, why wouldn't I want to stay drunk all the time? And, you know, it doesn't stay like that forever. My um, friends and family, you know, they would tell me that I've got an issue. But, um, you know, it was only when I decided that I, I wanted to do something about my drinking that, um, that, that I did. And, you know, thank God Alcoholics Anonymous was there for me, really. Um, you know, I think what kept me out of um, the rooms of AA was, um, 
you know, I think I had a, a stereotypical view about what an alcoholic was. You know, I think I always pictured, you know, the, the street drinker or the person who slept on a on a park bench. And I think I felt all the while I wasn't that person. Um, you know, I wasn't alcoholic, but, um, you know, it can affect anyone, you know, anyone from any walk of life, um, any background, any social um any social standing, you know, we we have all sorts of people in Alcoholics Anonymous, and you know, alcoholism doesn't discriminate um, from one person to the next. Um, and what I found was, I was welcoming to Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, it wasn't as bad as what I thought. You know, I I had a um, a preconceived idea about what meetings were like and what the AA program was just through what I'd seen on TV, but. Um, other than that, there was nothing. There was no evidence to suggest that um, it was going to be anything other than um, a room full of people talking. But um, you know, it's, it's it's a lot more than that. It's um, it's changed my it's changed my life for the better. You know, it was you know I was addicted to alcohol. Um, you know, I still continue to go to meetings. Um, you know, and to help newcomers. And you know, that is really the bright spot of our lives these days. You know, we continue to stay sober by helping newcomers. And you know. It, it's not as daunting as what you might think you know if i kind of thought that um being part of alcoholics anonymous would be almost like the end of my life you know the end of my social life it meant that i wouldn't be able to go to parties or weddings or anything like that in the future ever again in actual fact you know alcoholics anonymous has shown me how to live my life sober and um you know that's how we stay sober is by helping everyone else who wants to come along. The current advice is not to exceed 14 units of alcohol a week. That's about six glasses of wine or six pints. Kent Online reports. A Kent schools facing criticism from parents after deciding to keep some of the money raised on Children in Need Day to pay for a new minibus. Pupils at Twiddle Primary in Gillingham will be having a non-school uniform day on Friday and bringing in a pound each for the charity. But half the cash will be going towards getting the school a new vehicle to support disabled children. The head teacher has said they're not doing anything wrong as they told parents why the money would be split. A teenager has been arrested after a woman in her 80s woke up to find her home in Deal being burgled. She saw a torchlight and heard someone moving around her property in Southwell Road in the middle of the night in April. Keys and a phone were stolen. A 17-year-old boy is being questioned and released under investigation. Tesco has removed a coffee product from shelves after a Kent woman vomited. Amy York became ill after drinking a congealed ice caramel latte which she bought from the supermarket in Raynham Shopping Centre. You can see a video of the drink at kentonline.co.uk. Tesco has apologised and say they're aware of the issue, which they're addressing with their supplier. And Kent's Will Bailey says he's confident he'll be fit enough to compete in next year's Paralympics after injuring his knee on Strictly. The table tennis player from Tunbridge Wells was forced to pull out of the show after hurting himself in training. He's posted on Twitter to thank fans for their support and says he'll be back to fight in Tokyo 2020. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham have ended their EFL trophy campaign with a win over Tottenham's under-21s. Last night's game at Priestfield finished 2-0, but the Jills were already out of the competition. A goal from Alex Jakubiak put Gillingham ahead at the break and Jack Tucker doubled the lead with just over 10 minutes left. Assistant manager Paul Rayner is happy with the way they played. Although we couldn't qualify, we wanted a good performance to go out with. 
and uh, I think the guys displayed that. It was uh, you know, some good individual performances, a collective, collectively good performance from a t from the guys, and uh, you know we uh, we had a deserved two 0 win. Tottenham have got some skillful, technically gifted players, which they're always going to have with a, with a club of that quality. And I thought we dealt with them really well. We uh, we nullified the threat. I thought they had a, a bright first 10-15 minutes. And then we uh, we sort of identified the problems that were causing us. Managed to sort that out and I uh, thought we grew into the game. And we were a real threat, especially down the right-hand side in the first half. Created a number of opportunities, and we were unfortunately Alex took one, uh, you know, uh, you know, late in the first half, which I think we deserved. I think on the balance of play we deserved, um, but I thought we was always in control of the game, even in the second half. You know, Tottenham had a lot of the ball, but they didn't really penetrate us. We had a good solid shape. When we transcend, you know, when we on transition, we didn't really do a lot, a lot on the break. I think the decision making at times we could have gone on to score maybe another couple of goals, but the decision making when we broke into their half wasn't quite as good as it should have been. But on the whole, you know, that's nitpicking it really. I thought it was a good, a good solid control performance. We've been disappointed in the competition, and it's it's been an opportunity, you know, against Colchester and Ipswich to put in performances to to put positive thoughts in the manager's mind. Unfortunately, they haven't done that in those games, but uh, but you know, I certainly feel as though they have tonight. So. Uh, so we all go away really pleased and I'm sure the guys will be uh, will be happy as well and I'm sure the manager is as well. You've got to play against different styles, you know, we could draw a, a Premier League team in the, in the FA Cup should we go through, you know, you've just got to prepare accordingly. We knew that uh, Tottenham would dominate the ball from time to time and they'd have periods of possession but they didn't really hurt us with it. We had a nice solid shape. Um, and we, you know, we probably could have hurt them on the break when we did turn the ball over. When they did get frustrated a little bit more, but uh, as I say, that's nitpicking. I thought it was a, it was a good all-round performance and, and lots of positives. It was Jack Tucker's first senior goal for the Jills, and we spoke to him after the match. When a team like that comes down, you know they're going to have a lot of the ball, but it's just about limiting their chances, making sure it's all in front of you, and just making sure that we keep a good shape ourselves and make us hard hard to break down. And then we know that when we're doing the ball back like we, did, like we did in the second half when they tried to start forcing things, that we've made chances for ourselves and that's when we can go and put the game to bed. On our day we could have had a couple more at the end of the game but it wasn't to be. Yeah, it's a great ball from Marshy. I mean, just not striking instant but you're just always told to try and get him around the back. Just something might drop to you, you never know how it's going to get there. So I was just hoping that the ball would come to me. I knew I was in a bit of space and then thankfully put it away, yeah. I can't lie, I haven't thought about it that much to be honest. It's just one of the things when it does pop up to you, you just when you get that chance, you want to put it away uh, just to get that first night out of the way because the longer it goes on, you think, is it ever going to happen? Um, but no, yeah, just got it got out of the way tonight and hopefully a few more in a few years. I mean, obviously, I'm always wanting to play like every player does, um, but if whoever is the gaffer picks, uh, they're more than up to the job, so I'll support whoever plays, whether it be a right back or centre back. Uh, they'll have my full support every week. I mean, the under-21 side is always going to be a little bit different in, in the way they play, so obviously we have to set up a little bit differently to what we did against Colchester and Ipswich. Um, but you just got to adapt to whoever you're playing against and then go for your game plan, and that's the most important thing. And as long as you apply that well, you'll have a good chance of winning the game. Gillingham are back in League One action this weekend when they welcome Lincoln City to Priestfield. That's it for now, but for more news throughout the day, you can head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.